After 6 a.m., good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
in Davy Mechasidisch, in David Farachidisch. Sind schon neun. Eine stark, eine schnell, eine still in Hoyer. Zufriedenstellen jeden hab ich nicht an Koyer. Ich nehme mich singen in Nordfinar, denn das ist geil
In the AM, uh, today the yard side of Rachel Imenu, right? I believe the 11th of Maracheshvan is the yard side of Rachel Imenu. And there are the Maccabees with uh, Cobra Ma at JM in the AM. Uh, you heard Gam Kielech, that was Derech Achim. Yoni Z in there with Tam Voreach. Yaakov Shweki's Vuhu Keli. Yonatan Razel had Hatov. The Nigun Shtibul done by Sandy Shmueli. Derech Achim with Od Yishama, and from Regesh, Moda'ani opening things up, and we say good morning. Where was the Cobra Ma? Oh, between Yaakov Shweki and Yoni Z, yeah. Between Yaakov Shweki and Yoni there we go. <laughs> I have to, I have to, right. Between, <laughs> between Yaakov Shweki and Yoni Z, we had the song that I purposely uh, played in this first half hour, and that was the Cobra Ma done by uh, Simcha Liner. Here at JM in the AM. It was great seeing Simcha Liner last night. He was a surprise guest um, at the uh, uh, Plotchik um, uh, Malone wedding. Big mouth stuff to both families. It was phenomenal being part of the celebration, frankly. Really beautiful. And uh, we say Mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM. 
Thursday morning on this October the 29th, I believe today is, in fact, the 8th anniversary of Superstorm Sandy, for those of us in the New York, New Jersey area who remember that day with with awful memories, unfortunately. The 11th of Mar Cheshvan, the art site of Rachel Imenu, the year 5781, Tavshin Pei Today is the second day of Bahab. Trucker Yitz has a whole thing about today being a fast day. i got to get to the app in a second and read some of that to you. Uh, 56 degrees, some rain, and a high of 57. In fact, not some rain. Talking about a lot of rain today. Rain likely tonight, low 44. Rain tomorrow, a high Friday, just 47 degrees. Why did I think I saw worse numbers than that when it comes to when it comes to the weather? Was that the one that, that startled me? Maybe it was that one. Maybe it was the 47 for the high tomorrow. Uh, that got me. I think it may. Yeah, that was the one that got me. Tomorrow, a high of 47. Even Shabbos, just 48. Sunday will finally warm up a bit, and it looks like no rain for next week. So, so we'll get out of this whole rain thing in the uh, New York area. Anyway, that's that's the weather, and we do change the clock this Sunday morning, so we'll go back get back to a seven hour difference between Eastern time zone and Israel. Uh, this coming Sunday morning, early in the morning, at um, 2 a.m., which will become 1 a.m. Yeah, that's how it works. Anyway, Thursday morning, JM and the AM, a couple of things coming up today. We will get an opportunity to speak to Ari Rockoff, uh, new executive director. I believe that's the official title at the RZA, Religious Zionists of America. He'll try to ex- – and. This is not a knock on him. He, he explains things very well. It's just not easy to always understand the way things work post the World Zionist Congress, but he'll certainly help us uh, get through that. Um, so we'll have that for you. Also, uh, coming up today, uh, Ari Kornblit, Dr. Ari Kornblit is uh, scheduled. He's the gentleman who um, comes on the air with us for a couple of purposes, one of them is to discuss handwriting analysis. And with um, the Trump-Biden election day being Tuesday, he is going to help us discuss their personalities based on handwriting. Hmm. Should be interesting. We've done this before, and it's always cool. So (laughs) we'll have that for you later on at JM in the AM. Anyway, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Full schedule all day. We've got an amazing live lunch between 11 and noon. Lots of great programming between now and then. Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. He is already, uh, pro- he always uh, tells us the level of spectacular that the Erev Shabbos show is for each specific week. Uh, this week it's off the charts. And uh, that airs at 7 p.m. tonight, 3 a.m. tomorrow Eastern time, at 10 a.m. tomorrow Eastern time. There's a lot to talk about with the Erev Shabbos show. It, is, it has become its own uh, unbelievable entity as part of the Nachum Siegel Network, and I thank Mark for that. Uh, plus, of course, he's preparing the final hour, which tomorrow, the final hour here will be at about, let's see, candlelighting is what, 534? So at about uh, 430 tomorrow, the final hour will start, and uh, you'll have a, uh, a real tremendous array of uh, Arab Shabbos elections to wrap up the week. Anyway, plenty more about that coming up. It's 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. This is Nachas at JM in the AM. Get 
it up, keep on trying, dying after time. I know in my heart I could be what I see in my mind. When I'm dreaming, I will shine. You will not survive. They tell me impossible, don't try. If you can do what you wish you could do, but they don't know me like I do. Soul boy, because no one else has got your soul but you. Listen to these words of the sages. Hey, hey, I need 
Yourself, you ain't gonna love anybody else. You can't do nothing for the world unless you care about yourself. Give to yourself so you can give to the world, to your friends, to the ones you love. But you can't love anybody unless you love yourself. Yeah, Henry Ashley.
Oh, there is something about classic diaspora. There is something about classic diaspora. David Melech Yisrael here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Uh, Schlockrock before that with Yigdal. You heard Nigun Simcha done by Moshe Laufer. Benzion Lehrer had Imena Nili Mili and Champion. That was Nachas here at JM in the AM. It's Amer- Did I do the idea already? I don't even know. Is it, it, It's still America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up on the NSN app. I meant to mention this earlier. Trucker Yitz reminds us that today is Bahab. Today is a fast day. He says, have you looked at the forecast for Shabbos? Uh, snow, snow, snow. 100% forecast for snow in the Catskills. Wow. He's talking about the uh, cold, snowy weather, which is expected. Um, 100% chance of snow. And then he mentions whoever's not eating this morning, I have an easy fast. What am I going to do with that cup of, without that cup of coffee? Yeah. <laughs> this listener says, Boca Tove, a bit windy down here in Atlanta. Closed schools. Maybe it'll snow. Yeah, we've had that experience, haven't we? Uh, thanks for JMM's fab music to get us through this. Thank you very much for that, Atlanta, Georgia. And again, we were in a big planning meeting for something going on between now and the end of 2020 with the Nahum Siegel Network. And Atlanta was a big part of the conversation yesterday. A big part. Will it happen? Will we pull it off? I don't know. But uh, Atlanta was a big part of the conversation is all I will say. That is it. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more, and modern better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for a Thursdays next at JM the AM. Galaitzal, השעה-אחת-כאן-אירן-אליקים-אימה-שקורה-עכשיו-שר-התקשורת-יועז-הנדל-אומר-בריאיון-ליניר-קוזין-בגלי-צהל-אימה-התקציב-לא-יעבור-
כתב אישום בגין מעשים מגונים בקטינה הוגש נגד אורהן אבו עביד, תושב תל אביב בן 26. על פי כתב האישום, הנאשם שהה עם קטינה בת 12 ועם קטין נוסף. בשלב מסוים ביקש שהקטינה תצטרף אליו לחדר אחר, ושם ביצע במעשים מגונים, על אף שהיה מודע לגילה. כתבנו בן נצר מעדכן כי בפרקליטות ביקשו לעצור את אבו עביד עד לתום ההליכים. תחזית מזג האוויר, הטמפרטורות תמשכנה להיות גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך מאיר מרציאנו.
J.M. in the A.M. 
There we go. Ms. Marlis. <laughs> I think I play that just because I love that song. Not a bad reason to play it, by the way. Someone asked me in an interview yesterday um, how I decide to pull an oldie off the shelf, which, by the way, we really should do with Cobra Ma since today's uh, roughly main news yard site. We should really get Cobra Ma on from Dvekas. Uh But someone said, how do you, you know, how do you, and I'm like, you know, sometimes I wake up in the mood. <laughs> You're just in the mood to hear one of those old-time songs. So today I was in the mood to put that uh, Lipa selection on. Really done well. Ms. Marla Soda. Ankelo Kano, brand new Eitan Katz from Unplugged, volume number three. Great hearing from him the other day. Ain Od Milvado, brand new Mordechai Shapiro. Avremo with Va'anpo, Micha Mocha, done by Shalsheles. Thursday morning broadcast. It's Bahab. It's JM in the AM. I thank you for tuning in. See if we can get that Dvekis uh, selection on the air. In the next uh, in the next segment. So our friends at Partners in Torah and um, uh, those of you out there who've been following this, you're aware of this uh, really, really cool innovation that they've just introduced. And by the way, speaking of Partners in Torah, yesterday I was in touch with Rabbi Gwertz. There's a wonderful, wonderful singer-musician who we got to know over the years up at Camp Misora, uh, named Avrami Cohen. A lot of you know him. Really wonderful guy. And he has um, produced a selection that is being released, I think in partnership with and in honor of Partners of to- Partners in Torah. Um, we're going to try to get him on the air. I am not here. Um, oh, that's not, tr- that's not true. It's not a matter of not being here. It's a matter of... Uh, of uh, Tuesday's our Kalbach special. So we wouldn't do a Tuesday on election day, but, but one other day next week, we please God, will present the uh, world debut officially of that song um, here at JMN. But anyway, if you go to partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat, they have introduced a concept with the Shabbat, not really a concept, they've introduced a, an, an, an activity, an, a, an active participatory activity. Uh, you can join thousands around the world learning one-on-one about Shabbos for 30 minutes a week for three weeks, a special three-week presentation of three amazing videos. And you could choose anybody you want, whether it's your regular partners and Torah partner or a family member or a uh, long-lost relative or anybody you want uh, to study with one-on-one this uh, really incredible series about Shabbos. So we're highly recommending it. You'll see there a great video. Uh, you'll you'll see a um, a uh, all the information about how to join partners in Torah, etc., and do this type of Torah study on a regular basis. So again, no matter who you are, mentor potential, student potential, partner potential, no matter who you are, check out partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. You will be impressed, and we hope uh, that it'll, it'll uh, help increase the number of people who are studying Torah each week with the uh, Partners in Torah project. Uh, it is a good one. Uh, by the way, yesterday I introduced the um, the event that we're going to be involved with regarding Yeshivat Shavei Chevron. It's now official because they've sent out a save-the-date notice. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we know that something's official. Uh, the save-the-date notice is for the week of Shabbat Chayei Sarah. That's when Yeshivat Shavei Chevron appropriately is going to be doing their crowdfunding campaign. It starts November the 11th. It goes November the 11th through the 12th to save those dates. Uh, it'll be wrapped up with, a, uh, with, with, with what I hope will be an uplifting live broadcast that I'm going to be hosting 
on Thursday night, the 12th of November, starting at 8 p.m. Uh, it'll go for two, maybe three hours. Uh, obviously, it'll be Friday morning of Chaye Sarah in Israel, in Hebron, uh, when the show wraps up. Uh, so I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll join us for the big 36-hour campaign. But in addition, I hope you'll join us for that Thursday night uh, when we um, uh, present a very uplifting um, a very uplifting uh, wrap-up to a very important uh, campaign to keep Yeshivat Shavei Hebron going. So I'll have all that for you. That's mid-November. It's actually two weeks from tonight. Yeah, it's two weeks from tonight. So we'll have that for you here uh, at the Nahum Siegel. More information and plenty of discussion about it between now and then here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget, we're trying very hard to get jobs and help people find jobs out there in this tough market. If you have a resume you want us to look at, remember anything in the professional, not-for-profit realm uh, gets passed on to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Everything else, of course, is a um, a possibility that we can... Uh, that we can, you know, help out in terms of uh, getting somebody a job. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonishmas Harav Zevin of Yosef Alevi and Lezechonishmas Esther Bas of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Pasuk. Hashem says to Avram, Lech lecha me'artzacha, miladcha, mi'beisavicha. Go from the place of your land, mi'moladcha, the place where you were born, in the place of your parents' house. El ha'aretz asher To the land that I will show you. The Zerah Shimshon says that in truth, it would have been more grammatically correct to say, Asher erelecha, which I will show you. Really, Hashem never showed Avram to go to Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't say that Hashem told him to go there, but rather Avram understood it on its own. How did he realize that this was the land that Hashem had intended him to go? The Zerashimshim points out that the Medrash, Yalkut Shmoni, explains the origin of the name of the city of Yerushalayim. Avram Avinu called it Har Yerua, in Shem, called it Shalem. Hashem combined the names and called it Yerushalayim. The Mephoshim asked the question, why did Avram Avinu call it one name and Shem called it another name? Rabbeinu explains that Shalem indicates completeness. Shem was able to see how perfect Yerushalayim was materialistically, its strength, its beauty, its resources. He did not, however, perceived the greatness in Ruchnius, the spirituality of Yerushalayim. Avram Avinu, on the other hand, he was on a very high spiritual level. He was able to see the great spirituality of Eretz Yisrael in Yerushalayim as its crown. This was indicated by the name Har Yerah, which is the same root as Yiras Hashem. Hashem took both names because both are actually true. They're combined. Those who are perceptive can recognize the great spirituality. Those who are spiritually unaware can at least see the great physical quality of Yerushalayim. The Zerah notes that they both, the beauty, the resources, and the spirituality are dependent upon the merits of its inhabitants. This is in contradistinction to all other lands which are not dependent on the behavior 
of the people that lived within its boundaries. The Zerashimshin says that when Hashem told Avram Avinu, El Ha'aretz Hashem Areka, to the land which I will show you, Avram Avinu understood that Hashem wanted him to see the true greatness of Eretz Yisrael, its spirituality, as well as its physical beauty and rich resources. The great Ramendel Vitebsk was once going to Eretz Yisrael, and he had a burning desire to be there. So one of the Hasidim asked him, Rebbe, why are you so desirous of going to Eretz Yisrael? In that moment, the Rebbe took him by the shoulders and he said to him, Don't you understand the greatness? Don't you see Eretz Yisrael, the spirituality, the holiness, the halakite? You got to see it. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M., Shragi Gestetner, and uh, Simbracha. Kalbra Ma before that with Dvekas. Uh, today's the art side of Rachel Imenu. Thought that was an appropriate selection to uh, get on the air, and in fact, uh, it is, and therefore we did it. Thursday morning, J.M. in the A.M. Well, Rabbi Ari Rockoff, as many of you know, who's an unbelievable friend of this show and this network, and uh, we love having conversations. In fact, I would have insisted that this conversation happen in studio if our studio was uh, was open. Uh, we're still in a uh, it, our studio is still in a COVID situation, but that's gonna that's gonna be lifted pretty soon, and we're gonna reopen our studio and get guests here live and in person. And when we do that, Rabbi Ari Rockoff will be among the first that I invite in here for a full length conversation. He is uh, the new executive vice president of the Religious Zionists of America, Mizrahi. And uh, he's had a very busy first week, or second week, or, or first two weeks, which he'll explain in a minute. Uh, he's been tasked, according to the Jerusalem Post, with inspiring a new generation of American Jews who will be involved in some sense with the direction of Israel's future. He will use his prior experience to revamp the organizational strategy in order to further broaden the national infrastructure of the RZA. Rabbi Ari Rockoff, always a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning. Good morning, How are and, you? and Mazel Tov on the, uh, on the new position. Thank you so much. I wish I could be there with you in person, but it sounds like you're opening soon. I'll come back. Uh, yeah, we are going to open soon, and when we do, I want you to be among our first guests because there's so much to talk about, frankly, in terms of the new job that you have. And, you know, they talk about broadening the national infrastructure of the organization. They talk about organizational strategy. I frankly cannot think of a better candidate, and now, of course, uh, a, a better choice. You're no longer a candidate. You're now the choice uh, to move into this position and really take an organization that has an unbelievable history and uh, and gi- and give it a real injection of 2020 strategy. And I would assume that that's one of the things that's at the forefront of your of your goals in the executive vice president position. Absolutely, uh, everything you said is uh, is true. I, um, I hope I'm, I'm I hope I'm worthy for the task. Um, I appreciate the uh, the compliment, but uh, it will take time. You know, an organization that's been around over a hundred years um, does not necessarily mean it, it, it's deserving of another hundred, but it means that it has a long legacy to build on. And you and I have spoken a lot about that, right? Yeah. Your connection to Mizrahi, as, as is for many, I'm sure, of your listeners and for my family as well, Mizrahi goes back, uh, you know, for many people. It's very real. It's very, it's very much part of their family, their story. And I do hope I can, um, I can bring all those, all those fancy words that you just said and others <laughs> are saying about me. I appreciate I hope I can bring it to fruition. Rabbi Ari Rockoff is with us. Um, New executive vice president, RZA, Religious Zionists of America, Mizrahi. And uh, what's interesting, you're right, that not every organization deserves another 100 years. But you know what? The state of Israel deserves at least another 100 years of support from around the world. And that's why the position you're in, I think, is so important. It could be a tremendous fulcrum of activity uh, for diaspora Jews to be involved with Israel. And, and you know, what's more important than that, frankly, and uh, if there's one thing we've learned over the last few months and something that I've preached over the last three and a half decades is that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Why not make sure 
to convey that message actively to people who live in the diaspora. So you have a big task, you're right, but uh, but yes, uh, uh, Israel is deserving of the work that's required, in my opinion, uh, to make this a really, really strong presence here in the United States. Now, uh, we're coming on, uh, right now we're on the heels of, and it's funny, that you literally took over the week of the World Zionist Congress. I mean, that's like, you know, <laughs> so talk about taking you and throwing you into the uh, into the deep end of the pool, you know, <laughs> right off the yeah. bat. I mean, that, that's not, and we've explained the World Zionist Congress to our listeners many times. I don't always fully get it. In fact, last time you were on, one of your functions yeah. when, you, when you were advising them was literally to remind me how this whole thing works and to remind our listeners why it's so important to be involved. And I was proud to be on this late with um uh with the with with Mizrahi and and we did get a really good response from uh bo- yes. both our listeners and people here in the US but explain what happened last week right all these delegates are assigned from different parties to be part of the World Zionist Congress. Normally, we would have been in Israel. I was in a slight depression last week, having realized that <laughs> that probably you know two Saturday nights ago I would have left for Israel for an incredible week there. It didn't work out. Obviously, it was done by Zoom. But explain to our audience what actually happened last week with the World Zionist Congress. Absolutely. No, it's... Um you, you could say that I'm organized, or you could say I started a week after Yuntif. But uh, either, either which way, yes. No, it, I certainly, I certainly hit the ground running. Uh, literally, the World Zionist Congress convened for the first time ever remotely. I right. mean, everything here, you know, dare I say the word unprecedented? Yeah, unprecedented in yeah. the 38th World Zionist Congress. You know, more than 100 years in, um, convened for the 38th time, I believe. Um, I heard that your father also represented, correct? Well, my fa- in, uh, my fa- my father was at multiple uh, was at multiple uh, World Zionist Congresses, and um, and the, the 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 one the the thing I always quote is that he was the youngest delegate uh, to the last pre-state uh, World Zionist Congress, and that uh, unbelievable. Yeah, for me, for me, that was always a point a point of pride because he got involved really early. <laughs> No, that's it's amazing, and that really you know sort of uh, you know solidifies and really amplifies the point I made earlier. You know, it's not it's not, and I do want to correct one thing, and then I'll respond. Um, it's not an organization. Um, it's a it's a it's a movement. It's yeah. an ideology, um, and and therefore you know uh, I'll, I'll sort of correct the statement that I said earlier. I could do that right in the first two weeks. Yeah, why not? Of know, course, <laughs> But it's not it's not an organization. Um, and, and that's what drew me. In other words, this is this is what, this is about the state of Israel. This is about Eretz Israel. This is religious Zionism was not founded, you know, uh, ten years ago, thirty-nine years ago, and, and operates with a mission statement. And we'll tweak a website. This, right. is, this is something much bigger than all of us. So, um, the World Zionist Congress, you know, which I know you've explained to the, you, you know the you know the, the, your, your audience, um, and frankly, were, were was a bit, you, you provided such a great um, a voice. Uh, which ended up with the result that Mizrahi became a leader for the first time in the history of the World Zionist Congress. The Mizrahi, um, Dati, uh, right of center, whatever, whichever designation you'd like to call it, um, is now in a position of majority within this Congress. And what this Congress is, is it, it was the formation of Herzl, who had a, uh, of course, you know, much of the vision of Zionism, you know, as we know it, but he had a very profound a notion that the state of Israel um, had to be the, the home of the Jewish people and the land of the Jewish people. And while we know we're in election week, and it's not my mandate here to talk on politics 
in this country or in Israel for that matter, in terms of the Knesset and so forth. But but every five years, approximately, at different points, it was more often, sometimes less so. Every five years, approximately, since um, since early 1900s, late 1800s, there's been a convening of the World Zionist Congress, which gives voice to the world Jewry. And every five years, it's adjusted based on world population. America, as the largest Jewish community outside the state of Israel, 14 million Jews live in the world, six in Israel, six here, give or take, um, gets a very strong voice. One-third, kind of works almost like the Electoral College, one-third of the influence of, of the allocation of funds and positions within the WZO, the World Zionist Organization. So that includes Kakao, which is JNF, as we call it here. It includes the Ministry of Education, which you know, d- you know, disseminates Shlichem all around the world. It-, it ties to the Masaf funding, which is, I'm sure, a topic you've covered on the show. It's right. something that we talked a lot about during the election. So essentially, we have emerged at the end of this whole process. Fast forward to last week, and uh, Baruch Hashem can tell everyone here, and uh, would, would, would take very little credit. If it started on my first day, I can't, I can't credit um, anything I did was as a volunteer prior to that and just trying to get the word out, just like you. But uh, we, we emerged from those meetings, um, perhaps contrary to what everyone's reading here in the media, which I'm glad to address. We emerged with a majority and with the most significant influence of everything, including the entire um, Department of Education, which I think is, from Mizrahi, the most important. Because that's ultimately where Torah decisions are made and ideological decisions are made. Literally to the point, Nachum, uh, of whether food will be kosher in certain birthright venues, as an example, right. and give many more. So when you when you mention the media coverage and and some of the things that have been said, I mean primarily, it, it, it primarily it's more like opinion pieces, right? In other words, people who are a little wary of the results of the election and how it did tip things more to again, we'll call it the right, just for the purposes of you know this conversation. But right the, when you when you talk about the media reaction, is that essentially what you're referring to? Yeah, exactly. And I think we all um, appreciate that. We live in a time where there's uh, sort of a surplus of, of news and information, and it's hard to know uh, what's real and what's not. And that's not, I'm, I'm saying that as a point of fact, not as a point of opinion. Right. And in this case, if we sort of zoom out and think about this, we have probably an unprecedented situation in here um, where we have the far left and really even to the far right, Shas um, and Degala Torah are now represented through Eretz HaKodesh. That's a new slate that emerged that right. we, that has played a significant role in this, all the way to the left, who um, are in some ways anti-Zionist in certain ways, but are all sitting around one table. And I think that's, when you think of the, the Shvatim and all the different unification aspects, right. we, we are the unifier of that. Yeah, your, very, your, very, your, uh, your perspective on this is, is you know, uh, is is one to be complimented in my opinion because you're right uh it, it's good to see you know the expansion of the representation which i think is what we basically saw in this election uh, unfortunately for those who've been dominant over the uh, you know last many decades it's it's a tough pill to swallow that they've seen others come in That's and right. and have a a good amount of influence by the way over the next year or two or whenever I think it's important when we, when you come on the air and when we discuss the initiatives that have been introduced and have gone through, whether it be in the field of education, MASA, and a million other examples we can give, we really should reference that this is because of the reaction and the voting power that was created here in the U.S. 
um, uh, but by the Mizrahi, frankly, and and its related parties, you know, its partners in all this. I think it's important for people yeah. to realize, as this happens every five years, that there's a lot of practical stuff going on all the time that can be referenced back uh, to you know the effort being that was made uh, during the election season. So that's really important going forward to remember. Yes, thank you for for pointing that out, and I and I completely agree. And you know, from both sides, from the side from sitting around your uh, your kitchen table with Miriam. When we were uh, strategizing, you know, the, the rollout, that was uh, probably back in January, I think it was. Wow. Um, all the way till today. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've, gone, we've come a long way, but I think that's, that's been a missing piece and perhaps an area that I yeah. can really fill, I'll call fill the gap, fill the void, is, you know, I was not aware myself having been involved and active. I know you dive in the Mizrahi Shul every morning, right? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> until COVID, we were there every Shabbat, correct. <laughs> but I will say that um, uh, it's important to remember that the, the and it's funny that you said that our first meeting about it was in January, because when you think about it, that was even late in the process. I mean, it takes a year or two, folks, to get this effort rolling uh, to get the positive results. So kudos to all the leaders out there in the Jewish world who made sure to motivate people to get involved and to vote and to you know take this seriously. Because one thing, Ari Rockoff, I could I can confirm, and that is that the numbers bear out that our community and the segment that you know we call religious Zionists took this a lot more seriously than in past election seasons. And I think that's really important yeah. to point out, and hopefully that'll be like that going forward. All right, just so people understand, um, could you tell us the relation? Let's put it this way. So many of us, myself included, I've been very outspoken about this, marvel at the work that uh, Rav Daron Peretz and his staff have done over the last few years with World Mizrahi. Uh, Really an exemplary job, in my opinion, especially if you think to the way things were when he took over. Could you explain the relationship between RZA Mizrahi and what he's doing in Israel with World Mizrahi? Yeah, it's a very it's a, it's a it's a very simple answer. It's one it's one in the same. This is a, a global movement. Um, it always has been historically, um, and it continues to this day. And frankly, um, the only distinction and why we're seeing the um, the Renaissance now is uh, is is emerging from Rabbi Doron Perez, originally from South Africa. He took over the uh, Mizrahi movement in South Africa, among many other hats and titles in, in, the, in the schools, in the uh, schools there, revitalized it over a 15-year period. In fact, Nahum, that's how I know him. He was there. Um, he actually came to Champions Gate, where we right. passed back in, uh, I remember you in telling my YU days. Right, I remember you telling <laughs> the story, right. Correct. And he, he, when he went to Israel five years back, which is, I think, exactly when the previous Congress convened, right. so it all kind of comes together, he he um, he took on this world role, and you know, literally country by country has been revitalizing it. You know, with America being again, as we've talked about, the largest community outside of Israel. There's more Jews in Chicago than in the entire United Kingdom. I don't know. If, I don't know if some people here who are listening appreciate the numbers and the scope. You know, there's about eighty to hundred thousand Jews in South Africa, so that there's more in uh, there's more in Bergen County. <laughs> Um, there is, so America is much is a much larger uh, challenge, and that's that's one that I will I will uh, work very hard towards. But he, what we're seeing now is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I must tell you that the, the world movement is vibrant, it's dynamic. In fact, they had a summit, uh, a global summit last week, um, uh, last, previous Sunday, just before I started, the day before, celebrating five years of accomplishment. 
and it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. So it's all one and the same. Yeah. Um, Mizrahi America, as it was originally called, was founded in 1913. Uh, Mizrahi, under its current uh, you know world global uh, Polish Mizrahi movement, was founded in 1902, and they've worked side to side, hand to hand, uh, ever since then, and continue to do so now. So it's really one and the same in terms of the uh, the mission and the goal. And, and how it all works. Rabbi Ari Rockoff with us, um, a new executive vice president, religious Zionists of America, Mizrahi. Um, when you, I mean, I, look, I don't want to give up this opportunity, frankly, to congratulate you and to and to really have this initial conversation. When you come in, we'll be able to get into more detail. I, I'll ask you really one more thing, and and and, and, and you know, in all fairness, again, to Jerome Peretz, uh, what he and his staff did was uh, was incorporate a lot of events and a lot of energy. Uh, through different initiatives into the movement, which was really hard. People, I grew up with this. I know how hard it is. It, it, it was for him to do this. I have, you know, from an observer's point of view, I didn't have any inside information, but from an observer's point of view, it was difficult. Uh, and now you have a challenge that not only do you want to do the same thing here in, on the U.S. side, but you have the whole COVID situation to deal with, which makes in-person events a little bit more difficult, etc. Are you going to be able to, in the initial parts of, uh, of your work, are you going to be able to incorporate initiatives and events uh, that will make their mark on the uh, Jewish community of the United States to get more people involved in what we call the Mizrahi movement? Um, I will humbly say yes, um, and say yes for a reason that might um, that might surprise you, perhaps, but I'll, I'll reframe the question. Um, initiatives and events is what organizations do. Uh, movements uh, don't operate through initiatives and events. They operate through... Um, through other modalities of just points of connection and relational. And I think one thing COVID has taught us all, after we've now experienced the full Shalosh Regalim cycle, and we're coming out on the other side as the uh, rainy season literally has emerged on all sides, and hopefully in Israel as well. It's pouring for those listeners, not, not in the uh, tri-state, um, uh, uh, tuning in. But I, I believe actually now uh, we're primed to, uh, to thrive even more frankly, because there's no borders to anything. You can, you can listen, you know, at 7 in the morning now, anywhere, right? Listeners can listen oh, anywhere. Yes. There there's no borders, there's no boundaries. Initiatives and dinners and things that, of course, we hope to do and be able to do like everyone else, um, we'll, we'll check that box when we can. But we will uh, need to be creative, we'll have to be resilient and find other ways to connect, and we'll, uh, I, um, I, I believe it will be challenging. Of course, I'd be naive to say otherwise. Um, but I think people are searching, people are yearning. I know I am. I look forward to seeing you in the JM and AM office, you know, and studio live. And not being together relationally obviously is a challenge, but I think people want to connect even more, therefore. And we'll hopefully be able to not, I won't say to fill that void, but I hope we'll be able to operate within that void and fill a significant need um, that I believe uh, I connect to and, and feel that need to. And so selfishly, I'll say that, but I, I believe that people are really yearning. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Honestly, I think the world Mizrahi experience of the last five years proved that Jews in the diaspora are simply yearning and just need the guidance and need the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the type of venues. I don't just mean physical venues. I'm talking about even you know, the, the, more, uh, the more virtual venues to, to take part and to be involved. 
And if you can accomplish that on this side, then what a tremendous accomplishment it will be. And frankly, I have complete faith that you could do it because I have seen the way you lead and you're simply amazing. So Rabbi Ari Rockoff, I'm going to take this opportunity to again wish you, you, wish you a mazal tov. Look forward to more, conversa- more conversations about all this. And uh, all, we, all we hope for is a very, very strong religious Zionist of America. That's what we want. And even, even, str- <laughs> even stronger than it is now. And uh, we, wish, you. we wish you the best of luck in, uh, in pulling it off, frankly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invite, and I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation, as always. Yeah, 100%. The conversation gets more and more people involved. It gets more and more people excited about the most important thing in the national vision of the Jewish people, and that, of course, is the state of Israel. Folks, please remember that. If you take anything away from this conversation I just had with Rabbi Ari Rockoff as we congratulate him on executive vice presidentship of the religious Zionists of America, take that away. Like I always say to future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel, let us remember the most, the most important national mission of the Jewish people. And this is, again, operating on the assumption that, thank God, we have accepted our Torah and have our Torah and study our Torah and live our Torah. But in terms of what is to come, the most important national mission of the nation of Israel is to maintain and strengthen the state of Israel. Simple as that. Just like we're supposed to maintain everything in our religious lives as a Jewish people. Thursday morning broadcast. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Shed a tear for your dear 
children, Our Father's will, He who made us all, there we ask of you to defy Him. Yet a frightened child, numb from pain and grief, remains forlorn and uncertain. to the Bye. 
J.M. in the A.M., brand new. He joined us on Tuesday, Eitan Katz, brand new, a Kalbach album that um, he calls uh, Unplugged Volume Number 3, some amazing material. Uh, the Kalbach Yardside coming up this coming uh, Tuesday on Election Day here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, you heard Lipa with the nonstop Rosh Hashiva taunts, as he calls it, and Mama Rachel on this uh, Yardside of Rachel Imenu. That was Yaakov Shweki at J.M. in the A.M. 
Uh, well, when uh, someone claims to have a guy at the airport, they're usually referring to my Dr. Ari Kordblit. <laughs> he has helped so many thousands and thousands of thousands of people at JFK Airport over the years. He is the uh, chaplain and rabbi at the JFK. You've seen him if you've walked into the uh, into the shul, into the chapel uh, there at the airport. Uh, we ask him uh, every, every once uh, every once in a while to come on. Uh, to discuss handwriting analysis because he is a psychoanalyst, he's a therapist, and he is a handwriting, handwriting analyst or analysis expert. And we use that expertise uh, often to have some fun before Election Day here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Dr. Ari Kornblit, welcome back to uh, JM in the AM. Good morning. My pleasure. Shalom Aleichem. Always nice to have you on. And uh, just so people do know, uh, the shul at Kennedy Airport is open. It has been open throughout this entire period, as you told me before this conversation. Uh, just people need to know that the airport is relatively quiet these days. Probably the quietest that you ever remember it, right? Ever, yes. Pretty amazing what's going on with this world, that's for sure. Maybe things will pick up, and over the next few months you'll see more and more crowds at Kennedy Airport. That would be nice. That's what I said. All right. Uh, I have in front of me an image of President Trump's signature. Many of us are familiar with it because of the many things he has signed that he has then held up uh, for the press and public to either photograph and see. Uh, and I also have in front of me an image of uh, of Joe Biden's signature. Uh, both are interesting, and I'm sure both are subjects of great analysis. Is there a lot to learn about these two people from their signatures? Absolutely. Obviously, you don't determine their entire personality from signatures, but the signatures are very telling. Signatures are the public face that you want to present to the world is that which you practice most uh, of your handwriting. It's the thing that a lot of people try to perfect over the years, including people who, you know, sign stuff for others. Uh, If they find or if they feel that their signature is not neat enough or doesn't look cool enough, they're going to work on that for a long time to perfect it as far as they're concerned, right? Precisely. Again, that's the image you project to the world. And by the way, the president, I think... You know, you, you could see the work that he's put in over the years with the signature that he now uses. Do you do you see a lot of uh, personal training in the president's signature that he's paid a lot of attention to it over the last few months and years? Sure, but obviously by now it's second. It just uh, happens, happenstance. It just happens automatically. Right. All right. Well, uh, anybody out there could pull it up if they wish and follow along with us. Uh, although, again, a lot of people are familiar with the president's signature because of all the things we've seen uh, him sign. And some of the things we've seen him actually not sign, but people on the Internet will assign his signature to it. What can you tell us about Donald J. Trump and his, the, the uh, analysis of his handwriting and signature? Sure. I'll read what I wrote about his uh, handwriting and signature. Unlike his handwriting, which is quite legible, parts of the signature are cryptic and unreadable, indicating that he communicates his thoughts, not his identity, very secretive. The partial encircling in the signature, the last stroke circles back, is a sign of anxiety, building a protective shelter, enclosure, fortress, a self-withdrawal from social relationships, which are greatly mistrusted. The signature is now so habitual that it has become a kind of hieroglyphic, like the signature of an artist or doctor. It resembles a skyline punctuated with skyscrapers bearing his iconic brand. It can appear as an EKG, pre or post heart attack. 
I wrote that curves roundedness in writing indicates softness, nurturing, empathy, and paternal feelings all are absent. Angles indicate anger, belligerence, determination, competitiveness, or being challenged and fearful. Most interestingly, recently his signature has softened with small hints of curves. This shows his current preoccupation with leaving an enduring legacy. This is attested to by his employing every tenant of his classic, The Art of the Deal, using all his negotiating skills, pressure, persuasion, bribery, and strong-arming to affect the world stage, i.e. traveling to North Korea, moving to the American embassy to Israel, to, from Israel, in Israel to Jerusalem, arranging peace agreements between Israel and Arab states, and other endeavors which may yet surface. Dr. Ari Kornblitz with us. So the more skyline-ish Donald Trump's signature looks like, likely the, the longer ago it was done. Certainly, it was done years and years ago, but as I said, as I followed it, it softened most recently. You notice that in the last loop, it's softer, it's not angular. Angular indicates, uh, again, anger, obstinacy, and so on. Yeah, it's funny, I have both in front of me. I have the, the what did you call it, the angle one? I have the angular one in front of me, that where his name ends on that angle, and I do have the circular one in front of me as well. And right. it's funny, on the circular one, and now I get you what you mean by the curves. On the circular one, you could see that the uh, that first of all, it's not nearly as neat as the other one, but I guess it's not as rigid as you would say, right? It's not as mm-hmm. as pronounced in that way. Uh, and I see it, it actually has a softer tone. So I never, I'll tell you, I'm always fascinated by this. It actually has a softer tone to it, even on paper. All right, so that's Donald J. Trump. You're not endorsing one or the other. You're simply nope. giving us your impressions. What can you tell us about Joe Biden's signature? And if you don't mind, can I make the obvious observation, because it's probably the only thing I could add to this conversation, frankly, that he doesn't use a J for the name Joe. He essentially uses a... Uh, a, a, um, a line that just, you know, I guess we're supposed to envision stands for the J of Joe Biden. Right, but it's very telling that he uses more than a J, he uses what looks like an obstacle. Uh, I'll, I'll read what I wrote. The signature, while echoing the clarity and openness of the rest of the writing, oddly presents a high wall, the J of the first name Joe, an impenetrable barrier, a wow. veritable fence virtually blocking access to the real writer. Is it the iconic curtain concealing the wizard, or perhaps something surprising, mysterious, mischievous, magical, even, heaven forbid, diabolical? Caveat emptor. And that's all because the J is one very, very long line to start his signature. It's a fence. It's a block. Wow. Boy, do I got to change my autograph. (laughs) 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 Or, or, Or at least not ask you to analyze it. Simple as that. And by the way, I, and I think I've mentioned this to you, seriously, I think I've mentioned this to you on more than one occasion, I have two completely different signatures. I have one that I'll sign if someone asks me to sign something, and then I'll have one that you know I'll sign on my checks, which, which is more my official signature, and the one they have on file in the bank, frankly. Uh, neither of them looks anything like the other. So what would you learn from someone who has two distinct signatures could, could there be a machloket could there be uh could, could there be some type of dispute between the uh, uh, traits one may reflect in one signature compared to the other as long as it's a machloket l'shem shemayim <laughs> the fact is that there are many indices many factors in any writing and in a signature it may appear different but there are things that don't change 
the size comparatively of the letters, the space between the letters, space between the words, the slant, uh, the way you form letters. That doesn't change. Interesting. Many times I'm called in for uh, forgeries, which appear to be forgeries or not. And very, very often people will deliberately try to disguise their handwriting without realizing they're not really disguising something. You put on one hat, and then you put on a different hat. You're sitting person. Interesting, boy. Dr. Ari Kornblitz with us. Do we learn anything from the fact that Biden, aside from that J, or whatever that line is supposed to be, obviously we think it's supposed to be a J, aside from the J of Joe, every letter is connected. Obviously not the E and the B, because the E is the last letter of his first name and the B is the first letter of his last name. But aside from that, all the letters are connected, which in many cases you've seen a million signatures where people have a lot of disconnects in the rest of the in the rest of the signature, correct? Sure. Uh, it indicates many things. In the writing, uh, if it's disconnected, it depends to what degree. It can signal intuition. It can signal a halt in uh, fluid uh, thought and so on. In the signature, it's practiced, but also it shows he's a very bright individual. One cannot underestimate how bright this man is and how determined he is. Well, if that's the case, you have to say the same thing about the president, because if you look at his, there ain't no disconnects anywhere. I mean, it's, it's like one flowing line, the entire signature. Right. He's subsumed his identity, so there's a connection between the first name and the last name. He is Trump. No one else is Trump except him. That's he's a, inherited the mantra. That's a good point. So it's really one word. Even though he's uh, signing his full name, he's really signing one word. He is the brand, yes. Very interesting, I'll tell you, what I learned from you. Well, there you have it, folks. We're not telling you who to vote for on Tuesday or any other time. We're simply telling you, or Dr. Ari Kornblitz telling you, I have nothing to do with this. I'm no expert. He is. Uh, uh, what we could learn from the signatures of people, and we always uh, try to do this when it comes time for a presidential election. Uh, Dr. Kornblit, looking forward to seeing you at Kennedy Airport sooner rather than later, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Sure. If somebody wants a copy of the signature, just call me or write to me at A-R-I-K-O-R-E-N-B-L-I-T at gmail.com. Uh, I, again, what's the offer? The offer is if someone wants to send you their own signature? No, no, someone wants a copy of this uh, analysis. Ah, if you want a copy of the analysis of the Trump-Biden signatures, Ari Kornblit, K-O-R-E-N-B-L-I-T at gmail.com. And you wanted to add what else? I'm sorry. Oh, Corby at uh, 917-309-6318. Phenomenal. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Dr. Rabbi uh, Ari Kornblit, one of his many talents is analyzing handwriting. Very interesting. J.M. in the A.M. on a, uh, what is today? Thursday morning. You know what that means? You know what Thursdays mean here at the Malcolm Siegel Network. It means we have a full schedule and, frankly, an amazing schedule. If I could just get to it, I would tell you what it's about. Um, full schedule today. J.M. the A.M. will go until 9 o'clock, unlocking uh, greatness with Charlie Harari at 9 a.m. At 9.30, Michael Fragan has a pre-election special. Uh, Hallie Seifer, the executive director of the Jewish Democratic Council of America, political advisor Jeff Balabam, uh, Maury Litwack, founder and executive director of Teach Coalition to Teach NYC, all will be part of it. Starts at 9.30 this morning, spin class. Michael Fragan here at JM and the AM. 10 o'clock for Jew in the City Speaks. Allison will be joined by Dr. Jeffrey Kranzler. They'll talk about the new book, The Crimson Protector. Miriam Al-Wallach with That's Life from this studio with Maury Litwack, founder and executive director of the Teach Coalition at Teach NYC. They'll discuss getting out the vote. That's Life with Miriam Al-Wallach starts at 10.30. Live lunch starts at 11 o'clock. 
11 until 1. Throwback Thursday at 1, 4 p.m. for JM Rewind Encore, which will include our conversation with David Cutler and our conversation with Ephraim Zuroff. That's all part of uh, JM Rewind. The Erev Shabbos Show. Mark Zamek has promised yet another amazing edition, this time for Shabbos Lech Lecha. Starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, encored at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. And that's going to happen uh, starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Plus, he's prepared an amazing final hour that will begin at about 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow before Shabbos. All brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Thank you, Kedem. Thank you, Mark Zamek. The Arab Shabbos Show has become an unbelievable hit. Make sure if you're in your kitchen tonight or anywhere tonight on the road, and you tune in starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll be glad you did. That is an understatement. You'll be glad you did. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at TaxCPA2.com, Rosenbaum Financial Services. Sophisticated tax planning goes way beyond just preparing and filing a return. At Rosenbaum Financial Services, they believe that a comprehensive tax-smart approach to achieving an individual's financial and life goals may yield better results in the long run. To learn more about how Rosenbaum Financial Services can help with your tax planning, taxcpa2.com, taxcpa2.com, or uh, you could dial 1-800-829-2722. That's 1-800-829-2722. More coming up. It's uh, JM in the AM on this... um, Thursday morning, and it is the yard site of Rachel Imenu. Here's Sheves Chaveirim at JM in the AM.
Oh, oh. 
Komitalech. Yeah, that is a good Parsha selection. Baruch Levine. Yitain Lecha. Another good Parsha selection. A lot of great recommendations on the app, and I thank everybody for that. Uh, that was Shmuli Unger. Sheves Chaverim with Rachel Mavaka on this uh, yard site of Rachel Menu here at JM in the AM. Well, our friends at Partners in Torah are getting set to release a uh, brand new single from our good friend Avrami Cohen. And uh, we hope to do that together at some point next week right here on the air. Meanwhile, I want to remind you that Partners in Torah has a very, very important website set up specifically with the Shabbos Project uh, to learn more about Shabbos. And what they're encouraging is that you take this three-week video series about Shabbos and to study it with your spouse, with your friend, with your child, with your with your colleague, with your cousin, anybody. You'll see there on the website some of the recommendations. Uh, and, of course, they're hoping that uh, as people continue uh, to see the benefit of studying with someone else, in this case this three-part series on Shabbos, uh, that the partners in Torah, both the mentors and the uh, students, will grow uh, as a result. So, And believe me, this is a great link. To, if you've been hesitant to suggest to somebody partners in Torah, this is a great link to send them. Uh, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Simple as that. Partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Uh, check it out. It's a brand new initiative. Really cool, very good, and a wonderful opportunity to um, to hop on the Partners in Torah bandwagon, which we are highly recommending. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net, and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Simple as that. Oh, you'll be glad, all right. Trust me on that one. Arab Shabbos Show is part of our amazing Thursday programming. Starts at 7 p.m. tonight under the leadership of Mark Zamek. Um, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It, it, it has taken on a life of its own with the way people talk about the uh, Arab Shabbos Show. Just they love it. 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, 3 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning. So if you're in Israel... Get it? It's 10. Oh, actually, tomorrow it'll be 9 a.m., right? Yeah, tomorrow it'll be 9 a.m. Uh, then next week again, it'll be 10 a.m. if you're in Israel. That's the 3 a.m. Eastern Time presentation. Anyway, it's all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, hosted by Mark Zomik. Check it out and enjoy. More coming up. This is JM in the AM with Yaakov Shweki. <laughs> Never then and never now 
It's been so many years, crying so many tears. Don't you know? Don't you really know? We are pushed to the ground through our faith. We are found standing strong. We are a miracle. We are a miracle. We were chosen with love and embraced from above. Extermination was the plan when the devil was a man. But the few who carried on leave the millions who are gone. It's been so many years, crying so many tears. Don't you know? Don't you really know? We are pushed to the ground through our faith. We are a battle on the news we are the stars as history repeats itself and makes us who we are hate is all around us but we'll be here to sing this song קודש לכל אני חי, עם האמת שמשתוללת בי, עם אלף הרגלים, עם כל צלקת שעל פניי. אני יוצא שוב לפזר את המילים, בין המציאות לשיגעון, הכל חוזר אליי, שם במקום ממנו באתי אין שלום. 
והמסע הזה כבד וקצת גדול עליי אני צריך לגדול מזה ודי לגדול מזה ודי Israel our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSegal.com and the NahumSegal Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM in the AM. We've got an amazing programming coming up. Charlie Harari is next. Michael Fragan with a full panel. Election special coming up between 9.30 and 10 on Spin Class. Jew in the City Speaks at 10 o'clock. 10.30 for That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. Maury Litwack and the Get Out the Vote effort is uh, her guest. 11 o'clock, I uh, host live lunch with Miriam L. Wallach from our studios here in New York City until 1 o'clock. 7 p.m. tonight, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos show. It's an amazing show for Lech Lecha especially. Uh, hosted by Mark Zamek, presented by the uh, wonderful people at Kedem. And tomorrow morning, I speak to you here at JMM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 